You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. It's a word in season. We're in our series called, let me get my notes organized here. We're in a series called That'll Preach. Believe it or not, even if the agenda's not there, the Holy Spirit and God have a way of smuggling the gospel into Hollywood. And if you're looking for it, you'll see it. And the reason that it, that it works and those movies usually are hits is because our hearts were wired to recognize the principles of God. And, and even though we might buck against them, our hearts know I need that. And so when we see biblical principles in Hollywood or we see the salvation story represented in Hollywood, those movies are usually blockbusters. That's why Hollywood can't figure out they spend millions of dollars on these woke movies and don't and it flops. It's really creative, but it flops. And then this low-budget, you know, faith-filled film can go shoot through the roof. Don't get me wrong, not all of them are good. Some of them are not that great. But but <laughs> But you can see these movies that the ratio of like it was a $2 million budget, $100, $200 million uh, box office hit, and Hollywood's scratching their head like, how did this happen? It's the principles of God. And so this series is a fun series. And as I was praying about what movie to preach through, I went through my favorites, Dumb and Dumber, Braveheart, Tommy Boy, Top Gun, Gladiator, you know, the good ones. And then I just, nothing was resonating. And I started thinking kids' movies. I was like, maybe Lion King, you know, and it wasn't hitting. And then it hit me. It hit me. It didn't, none of them have Celine Dion in it. You got to preach on the Titanic. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm gonna date myself, but who saw that movie more than once in the movie theater? Yeah, look at y'all, y'all. Who went on a date to that movie, anyone? Of course you did, Celine Dion and Leonardo DiCaprio, that's a home run. Date night, gentlemen, okay, date night. Just turn on at home, it's a home run, okay? So, the movie, The Titanic, okay? What made me think of the movie, actually, was not the song to get, ready, I'm gonna get something stuck in your head all day. Near, far, Wherever you are, you're welcome. It's in there. It took you 10 years to get out of your head, and it's back. (laughs) No, but what made me think of this movie is the Holy Spirit's been whispering to me this phrase, uh, even when I was on vacation, and it's, the tide is rising. And you can feel it. The tide is rising here in the valley. The tide is rising here in our church. There's an energy. There's an electricity. You know, men's and women's prayers blowing up, and there's lots of people, and there's just this energy. And I thought of the quote. It was made famous by JFK. He didn't write it, but it says, a rising tide lifts all ships. So there's a lift happening. And that's part of our culture at Awaken. We're meant to awaken people to the power, to the authority, to the presence of God. You're not supposed to be a thermometer. You're a thermostat. If a room's negative when you walk in, you turn it up. It gets filled with hope, encouragement, life, laughter, fun. We're real at this church. You know, you see Vince, Pastor Vince giving Pastor Becca the googly eyes. Like, we're real here. That's good. I'm glad he's attracted to his wife. Good on you, man. Okay? We are meant to shift the atmosphere. We awaken people, and we make everyone come up from that. And then they're, can, they're like, where did that come from? And then they start to piece together. You know what? It's Alicia. Every time she's in the room, everyone's smiling. It's her, it, where did, and then, you know, and they'll say something kind of like, if they're unchurched, they'll say something kind of like, 
where's your energy come from, you know? <laughs> and you'll be like, hey, let me show you. Come with me on Sunday. I'll show you where this is coming from, right? But we awaken people. We rise the tide. And as, a sh as the ships rise, it's really important to know what kind of ship is our church. Because different ships have different functions, right? The Titanic was, the, at the time, the largest, greatest ship ever created, Okay? But even the largest, greatest ship ever created, if it, doesn't, if it gets off course or doesn't know its function or runs into seas that it shouldn't be in, it's important to know what ship we are. And so, okay, I said, Holy Spirit, uh, and, and I want to also give honor, this, this movie clip, and this was another cool thing about it, was actually put in a sermon from Pastor Jurgen the very first Sunday I ever came to this church. And so I've always wondered if I'd get to like preach it and it's like, I'm doing it. This is so fun, okay? I'm just gonna give that clip that this, uh, the inspiration for this came directly from my pastor. So what kind of ship are we? Well, I thought I started thinking about different kind of ships and I thought maybe we're a cruise ship. We're a cruise ship. That could make sense. There's a lot of us. We're all coming in. We're like, hey, welcome to the party. It's great to be with Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And so, you know, it's comfortable here. We're feeding on the word of God. So we're getting spiritually fat, you know, like it kind of, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then I read this verse, right? It says in uh, Ecclesiastes 8.15, this is the wisest man on earth that wrote it. Uh, 8.15, I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. Boom, we're a cruise ship, right? Wrong, wrong. I'm gonna do this to you a couple times, so just self-preparation. <laughs> you see, it's not that we can't do those things on our boat, and we do, and they're important, but it's not our primary focus. It's a byproduct of living a life in Jesus. The fun, the comfort we have from the Holy Spirit is the byproduct of a life with Jesus. But the problem is if we get into the mindset that church is here for my comfort, we lose discipleship. See, we're a discipleship church. We are not a seeker-friendly church. If you're seeking a church, we will be friendly. And we like you. And you're awesome. Okay? But also, we're going to encourage you to grow into your full potential in Christ. We wanna challenge you to, maybe you brought something from your childhood that was a family thing that isn't in alignment with what the principles of God that'll bring more blessing. And at some point we wanna say, hey, maybe you leave that, off, leave that off the boat, leave that on the port, and let's go forward into a better way of doing it. We're a discipleship church. But if we get, as the tide rises, if we start only thinking about, well, how can I make people comfortable? How can I make everyone comfortable on my team? Oh, I don't want to ask you to serve, you know, every other week. You've got kids. You've got, you know, this and that. But, but when we serve, we, when we volunteer, our gifts begin to get highlighted. Life begins to flow out of us. We sharpen our gifting. You realize, man, I'm really good at handshakes and meeting people. And you know what? I'm not afraid to close a deal uh, with a new client because I've been saying hi to strangers every day at church. Your gifts get developed. You know, or, or you find yourself walking in the halls and you're just volunteering in the green room and you're humming the song. And, and John Day goes, or Kellen goes, hey, did I hear you just sing? Can you sing? And we get you on an audition, you can sing. Well, 
Let's go. Come on. Get up here, you know? Or, or whatever it is, we want, to, we want to see you flourish. But we also, in order to do that, have to disciple. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we encourage people, get in the connect group and do life with people. Our primary goal is not your comfort, although it is awesome being a Christian. And there are moments where it's like, this is so easy. We want to teach you to be a disciple. See, here's what happens when people get focused on their comfort. This is from Ezekiel 34, 2, 7, or 2, 2 through 6. Son of man, prophesy, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God of the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat, you eat the fat and you clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who are sick, nor have you bound those who are broken, nor have you brought back those driven away, nor sought what was lost, but you force and cruel, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. See, if we get so focused on our comfort, people get lost in the mix. Because you know, you have to be inconvenienced to be effective. Right? Miracles happen in the inconvenience zone. When you're on a path and somebody calls and says, will you pray with me? Those are the moments that we, we, if we're, we come about our comfort in this rising tide, the Holy Spirit is our comforter and we have a lot of fun, but that's not the ship we are. It's just something we do on the ship. Does that make sense? Can I get an amen? All right, let's go to the next boat. Okay. So, countering. Perhaps we're a tugboat which was my uh, nickname in the locker rooms. <laughs> so I have an affinity to it. Yeah, tugboat. Okay, what do tugboats do? They help people. They help ships get back into port. They help direct people. They, they pull people uh, out of the open seas into a safe port. You know, we're just here to help. That's it, we're here to help. That sounds good. The Bible says in this, uh, Philippians 2.4, let each of you look not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. That's it. Everything's just about, you know, uh, feeding the homeless and, and uh, helping the poor and getting people off the streets. And, and, and it's just a social, we've got to socially change things or socially be available for any and every problem. It's not that boat. Do we do that? Absolutely. Are we here to get people off of drugs in this, in this city? Of course we are. Are we here to make sure that we get people out of the streets and into safe, secure homes with a stable income? Of course we are. But there's this trend where people take out the Holy Spirit and the God factor and they just make Christianity about social justice. And Jesus is not a social justice warrior. He's in the, he's in the business of redeeming people's lives fully, fully, okay? We, so here's the, here's the difference. Do we help the poor? Absolutely. This church uh, takes care of seven villages. This is just one of the things we do. Seven villages, we look after every single child in that village. But you know what? We don't just send over uh, stale food. We send over education, we want to educate them so that they can create an economy and, 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 and create income so that the poverty uh, cycle is broken. 
You see, we're not just here to help, we're here to heal. We're here to heal. We don't want to just feed a homeless person, although we'll do that. We want to get them off the streets. We want to get them healed. We don't want to just, uh, you know, help somebody with the drug addiction. We want to make sure that that addiction is broken. Okay, so we don't just pull people. And here's the other problem with a church becoming just all we do is help, 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 and we don't disciple, is that people start coming to the church with an entitlement. And I, it, it, it'll creep in, right? If you're at church and you find yourself thinking like, what could this church do for me? You know, I've always wanted to, to be up and speak in public. And, you know, how can they get me up there so they can, everyone can see my gifts and praise me? That would be good. Or, you know, how could I, you know, how could I be in charge of something? I've always wanted to be in charge of something. If you're coming with an agenda, if you're coming with an agenda, you want to break that off. We're not, we're not a tugboat church. We're here to build you up and disciple you, not to just go with your agenda. Does that make sense? Come on, that's an important thing to know. We're not the tugboat church. Although your pastor has been called tugboat many times. So, all right, we're not just a social justice church. We're not just here to fix, uh, you know, to help. We're here to heal. So then that made me think perhaps... Perhaps we're a sailboat. We're gonna go on to the next. Sailboat makes sense. Sailboats catch the wind. They follow the wind. And the Bible says in uh, Psalms, nope, not Psalms, John 3, John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes and we hear the sound of it, but we cannot tell where it comes or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. So we're a spirit-filled church. We believe that the Holy Spirit is moving and we can catch, catch what he's doing in the room, that he wants to bring a miracle in the room. And so we stop a song and we do something in that moment because we see the Holy Spirit moving. And that's amazing. And that's what the church should be. We should be so receptive to the Holy Spirit and ready to move in and out of where the Holy Spirit's moving. Absolutely. However, however, I know. I want to go sailing too. I we do that. There are sales. But I've met too many people in the spirit-filled church who are just, whew, whew. you can never depend on them for anything because they're always chasing the next Holy Spirit encounter. You know, they're, oh, I love this church. It's amazing. Oh, there's other worship bands in town. Bye, I'm not here on Sunday, even though there's new people and I could have said hi, you know. They, they, become, they, become, they become not grounded, not rooted. The Bible says in Psalms that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall prosper. Listen, God has called us to be a part of a body, to have a tribe. God, the Holy Spirit is our helper and our comforter, and he leads us. Don't get me wrong, man, it is a, it is a tent revival in my, pri in my quiet times, right? I mean, I'm praying in tongues, I'm doing the thing. If I'm going to a C-level meeting and I gotta have a big business conversation, try to land a contract, you best believe when I'm driving, I'm I'm praying in tongues, I'm prophesying, I'm getting a scripture, I'm asking the Holy Spirit for the words. But when I kick open those doors into a C-room meeting, I do not walk in and say, thus saith the Lord. Because you know what? I'm not getting that contract because that's weird. That's weird to a non-Christian, okay? And the Holy Spirit's not weird. He speaks the language you're in at the time. He doesn't speak Christianese to a non-Christian. 
He speaks to the new age person with saying, hey, there's a better source of energy. You should check this out because that's the language they understand. Don't get me wrong. He'll teach them the right language, but he speaks to people where they're at. And the only way we can learn to operate with the Holy Spirit, but speaking to people where they're at, is we got to do life with people. We got to do life with people. So if you, I, I get it. I love Last Wednesday, we had no run sheet, no agenda. Just let the Holy Spirit move. We, we literally worked John Day's butts off. We made him do every bit of prophetic energy he had. I was like, I'm not going up there until he, he can't anymore, okay? <laughs> it was amazing. Love you, dude. Love you, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I just want to hear what's happening. I wanted to be down here. I didn't even want to have to go interrupt the thing, right? We, we're open. We want the Holy Spirit to move. Don't hear me wrong. It's a beautiful thing. But if you've been so interested in being blown by the Holy Spirit, here's what I can almost guarantee. You're really, the Bible says, let's go back to the Bible because some of you are giving me a look like, whoa, what are you talking about here? The Bible says in Galatians 6 to bear one another's burdens so you fulfill the law of Christ. Here's the deal. If you never get planted and never get in a tribe and community and never go to a connect group and never serve with people, I am pretty sure because you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're really good at bearing somebody's burden. But I almost guarantee if you've never been playing a church, you don't know how to let somebody bear your burden. Almost guarantee it. You know, because you've got, because you, you can't take off the mask. You can't be real. You can't say, yeah, I know the Holy Spirit talks and I know I'm blessed, but dang, I'm fighting with my wife right now and it's tough. You know, that's not me. That's someone else. Of course, I'd never fight with my wife. No. <laughs> We didn't get in a fight this morning trying to get out of the house. Never, never do that. <laughs> we got to be in relationship. We got to work this thing out together. Okay, so yes, we have the sales, but we've got to do life with one another. So I want to encourage you, if you're not in a connect group, Rich Bogle, you here? There he is. He's alive. That's Rich Bogle, okay? He, he runs the connect groups here, all right? Give him... Bear with him. He's been sick for a whole week. He's healthy now, okay? He's healthy now. He won't get you sick. But just say, hey, how do I get plugged in a connect group, okay? And he'll give you a number to text, and we'll get you in a connect group. Find your tribe within the church, right? So we're not that ship. All right. Let's get there. We can do this. Then, of course, as we're sitting there, in the, and I'm thinking about the ship, a battleship, a tanker. Come on, that's the church, baby. We're ready to kick the devil in the teeth. We're coming into town. Pack your bags, buddy. We're going to kick you out of here. We're going to break down every stronghold that the devil has set up in the city. We are here to win. You're already defeated. We got this. I'm looking for you, devil. I'm kicking you out of this place. You're done. However... <laughs> However, do we do this? Oh, yeah. We got big guns in the church. We got big guns. We got big guns. But when, when, a, when a church doesn't know what kind of ship it is and it gets thinking it's this, here is a, a negative connotation that will come with it. We start looking for the devil everywhere. And we become more interested in finding the devil than finding God. 
We become more interested in hunting the devil than hunting the treasures of what Jesus has made authority of us. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You start getting in that mode, and, and it's easy to do. You see God kick the devil in the teeth once or twice, set somebody free on this altar, get somebody delivered, and then you're like, oh, that was awesome. I'm going to go beat the devil up again. Because you learned, the disciples did this. They came back after Jesus sent out the 72 disciples, and they come back like, we, we cast out demons, and they're pumped, you know, and then, and then they get a rebuke because they're like, hey, that city's not listening to you. We should call fire down on it because we're in a battle mode, and he's like, oh, you're in the wrong spirit. Here's the deal. When it comes to the devil, when he shows up, we take authority, but the Bible says, oh, you got to go back to the Bible, James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He doesn't say hunt the devil. He doesn't say pursue the devil. He doesn't say chase down the devil. He says, submit to God. God, where are we going? What are we doing? And what do you have for me? My life is yours. I'm in my word with you daily. I'm getting in your presence and your Holy Spirit is filling me up. And then when you see the devil, say, buddy, like a mosquito, get out of here. It's not a, it's, this is not a yin and yang thing here, okay? It's not like the devil and God and who's going to win and it's coming down to the wire and we don't know. We already won. It's over. It's over. We won. The day the cross happened and Jesus got out of the grave, his back was broken. His authority was lost. He's cornered in a losing battle. He's cornered. Now, a cornered animal can still be nasty, right? But, but the the countdown's happening. He knows he's beat. And what he hates more than anything is when we just see him and we take our authority and say, I don't have time for you, loser. You lost. You lost. I'm going to go win. Bye. You know? And so, hey, we confront it when it comes to us, but we can't be the devil hunting church. You can't be that church every time we, anyone in our church stubs a toe. We're like, devil! It was you. I know it was. You're late for work. You're telling your boss, Devil's attacking me this week. Man, he is, he is coming after me. And your boss is going to go, no, just leave five minutes earlier. Because you've been late three times this week. Just, just give me a little help. Okay? We're, we're demon slayers, but we're not demon hunters. If they show up, we'll deal. Because we have authority. But our primary purpose can't be the worship. So what's our primary purpose? What boat are we? Now the movie clip. Here you go. Fair warning if you have kids. Oh, the hits up. This scene has some kind of scary parts. Pause! Do you see any moving? No, sir. Done moving, sir. Check them! Bring that oar up here. Check them, make sure. These are dead, sir. Now give way. Head easy. Careful with your oars. Don't hit them.
waited too long. Well, keep checking them! Keep looking! Is there anyone alive out there? We're the rescue boat. We're the lifeboat. That is the primary focus of the ship. Such a heartbreaking scene when he says, we waited too long. If you remember the movie, before the movie, there's a sweet lady. I'll show the clip in a minute. But she says, there's room in the boats. And you can hear the people in the, that just got in that freezing water saying, there's room in the boats. Let's go. And they say, no, if we go, it's, it's scary. We might get capsized. They might overrun us. They forgot what they were sitting in. Those were lifeboats. That was their primary purpose. This was the moment for that boat to be what it was made to be. It's meant to hold a lot of people. It's meant not to capsize. That was its original intent and design. And the church that Jesus created, he said, I came to get the called out ones, the ones who are in my boat. Jesus makes the boat for us, the boat of salvation, the boat of redemption, the boat of authority, the boat of restoration, the boat of healing and we've all gotten in the boat, but the boat has a purpose. We cannot sit back idly. We can never forget that we exist for our non-members, church. We exist for the people that aren't in the building. We can bring the keys up. I'm not going to show the other video clip, but because I kind of explained it. We do all the other things, all the other good parts of the boats, we get those. But if we, in order for us to stay healthy, we have to remember our primary purpose, that this world is drowning. You know, it doesn't, it, we went through a year where it was like we were trapped in our houses and we were just watching the news and it can seem so dark. It can seem so dark. Just like the scene in the boat when the lady's saying, we have room, we can go get them. But you know, maybe this last year and a half, it's just been like, oh, my job, pandemic, rioting we have to remember that this boat is made for this mission. The boat will hold. There's room in the boat. We row this thing back out. If you've got neighbors that are scared still, cooped up in their house, isolated, you know, bring them food, begin to try to help them get out of that fear. If people at work are, are terrified, begin to show them not shame them, but show them courage. Show kindness. We're trying to draw people into the boat. The people are there. They're ready. And yeah, all the other things we do, sometimes the way you get them in the boat is they go, man, I see the kindness and blessing and fun on your life. I want the fun you have because you don't seem all depressed and you don't need to get blackout drunk to do what, what, what for, or I don't have to do all that stuff that gives me a hangover the next day. You just seem to enjoy life how it is. Why? Why? The fun is a tool. 
somebody's oppressed and going through fear and you lay a hand on them and you pray for them and the fear lifts and they can consciously feel the difference. We fought the enemy, but he wasn't our focus. The person was. We organically love people and invite people to church. And not just, here's the deal. We're not, we're here to fully rescue. We don't roll up to people and be like, I know it's really cold and it's gotta suck. But just know, if you pray this prayer, the next phase won't be very tough. It won't be as bad as this. Okay, bye. That's not what we do. We evangelize people, of course. We tell them about Jesus, of course, but we're getting them to a starting line of, hey, welcome, now you're in the boat, you're in the church, now we're gonna disciple you so you live a life like God originally intended you to live. We're gonna fully launch you into your destiny because we believe in you and you don't just matter to us when you're a sinner. You ever notice that sometimes in church life? It's like, we gotta win the lost. And then, you know, somebody comes in and they raise their hand, they get prayer, and it's like, everyone was so nice to them. And then it's like, oh, they got saved by. No, no, come on in, get in community. It's our why behind our what. come back to it. I want to finish with the Bible verse here, Matthew 28, 18 and 20. And Jesus came and spoke to him saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Go therefore and make disciples to all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded, discipleship, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The boat can do a lot of things it does the best is rescue people into fullness of life. And as long as we recognize that it's the primary purpose, then we put the other features on the boat in the right order and in the right place. This is why we invite. This is why we live holy lives. This is why we want to grow. This is why we aren't clicky. This is why we have connect groups. This is why we volunteer. This is why we're self-feeders. This is why we have men's and women's prayer. This is why we do everything. This is why we do everything. So my invitation to our church, the tide is rising. You were designed to be a rescue boat. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. Go to DNA at 11 o'clock after 9 a.m. Start and then get on a team and serve. Get in the boat because we're all doing this together. Get, and get in community so that while we're rescuing, we're also being rescued. Isn't that the crazy thing? Jesus made the boat first. And as we get in the boat and we start rowing with him and growing with him and doing life with him and doing life with others, and all of a sudden there's this movement movement in my life. Whoa, I'm going somewhere. Whoa, we're going somewhere. Whoa, I, this is crazy what's happening. It's the movement of the church. So that's my invitation. What do you do with the rising tide? Get in the boat and then let's go get them. Okay, and then we make it really simple. I promise you, you're going to get all the discipleship tools. Like, just break it down really easy. Read your Bible and pray. That's why we have men's and women's prayer. Read your Bible every day. Learn how to pray. Come to men's and women's prayer. Volunteer and be in a connect group. So you do life with people and your gifts start to get sharpened. And watch what happens. 
pretty soon you're like, man, we're pulling so many people in the boat. I didn't even know I was good at this, but man, I have this gift. Now, we're going to close up. I want to give an opportunity. If you right now feel like you're out of the boat, and listen, hey, there is zero judgment for that from, from the people in this group. You know what? All of us were out of the boat at one point or another. We were born on a sinking ship, if that makes sense. Right? Yeah, we made some choices we probably shouldn't have made. We, we, can, we joined the, the, the downward spiral party, but it was in the pursuit. Your heart is wired to be in relationship with God. And so we try to, if we don't have that relationship, we find counterfeits you know, something that'll dull the edge. Drink or drugs or pornography, whatever it is, whatever it is. It's all deep down inside an identity crisis because we're missing something we know we need. And so if you're, if you're like, man, I feel like I'm drowning in this sea of the world and I'm, I'm, I'm trapped, I'm covered in fear. You just feel like you know you're not in Jesus's boat. You maybe heard of him, been to church a while, but you know you're not in Jesus' boat and you wanna get in his boat, he's rowing by right now. This is the invitation to get in the boat. So maybe you've never gotten in Jesus' boat, but your heart's right now pumping. You're like, oh my gosh, this is what I need. I need to be in that boat. He pulls you into the boat. Or maybe you were once in the boat, but you just are like, oh, I got, something happened and you just got pulled away. And you know what sin does? It always takes you farther than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay and costs you more than you want to pay. And so now you're kind of taking inventory and you're like, oh, shoot, man, I am way off course. <laughs> I just hit an iceberg. But you want to just come back to Jesus. And he doesn't have to be radical. Maybe you're not way off course, but you know Jesus isn't the Lord of your heart. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be included in a prayer. So I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. And if you need to get in Jesus's boat and give your life to him, or you once were in the boat, but you stepped out and you wanna get back in the boat, I'm just gonna very simply count to three and I'll ask you to raise your hand with everybody's head down, nice closed, and then we're all gonna stand up and we're gonna pray together. And you're gonna get back in the boat. And then you're gonna get plugged in and do awesome things. And so if that's you, you know you're distant from God, you're ready to come back to him or you've never been with Jesus and you want to make that decision for the first time, this is going to be your opportunity. So one, two, three, who am I praying for? Just put the hand in the air. You don't have to be nervous in this room because all of us have done this. I'm just going to give it another minute, I feel like. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. I know it seems really scary, but Jesus is so good. Thank you. I see that hand. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else want me to include you in this prayer? Thank you. I see your hand. I think somebody said, if he asks one more time, then he's talking to me. So I'm going to ask one more time. Anyone else? You don't got to be nervous. Awesome. So proud of you. Okay, church, we're all going to stand up to our feet. There's about 
three or four of you that made that decision right here. I'll have this handsome man come up. Why don't you stand right up here, Ted? This is Ted, okay? We voted, and in, the, in his category, he has been dubbed the handsomest man in our church. So, you know, he is married. Sorry, ladies. Sorry. I know it was a close race between BJ and Ted. Sorry to BJ. Next time. Do some more curls. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Ted is, is a great guy. And he has a gift for you if you raised your hand. We're going to pray this prayer. He has a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. You're like, well, I have a Bible somewhere around. Still come talk to him. Come talk to him. Our team, we have a team that didn't have their eyes closed, full disclosure. And they're just kind of seeing for the hands. They, they just want to come up, give you that free gift. The Following Jesus book gives you the next steps. Gives you, okay, how do I do this thing? And get, and get rowing and get moving and get to where I need to be. And so we're so proud of you guys who raised your hand. Come on, church, let's give those people a hand. Those who are saying, you know what? I'm in the boat and I'm staying in the boat and I'm gonna go for it. So church, all together, let's pray this prayer and then I'm gonna dismiss us. So out loud, those of you who raise your hand, pray this with us from your heart. Transformation begins. So dear Jesus, we could do that a little better. We're the 11 a.m. Dear Jesus, today I ask you to come into my heart. I want to be in your boat. I want to live for you and with you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to come and fill me. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my mistakes. I accept the free gift of that forgiveness. And I know that today, because of what you did on the cross, I am accepted and forgiven, and I have a fresh start in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.